everyone, it's Michelle. And Delaudis. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. You are his living epistle, read by all men. That's right. You are Jesus' ambassador. This is the Living Epistle Project radio program. God is in control of our lives. You're listening to the Living Epistle Project radio program. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. And today we are, we yet have another day under the sun. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> I have a group of wonderful people around me right now. Uh, my co-hosts are with me. Um, we have Michelle, who is Michelle. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Hey, y'all. Hi. <laughs> I can hear you perfectly, too. And we have a loudest. Hi, loudest. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Mary. Hello, 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 people. <laughs> I know. People of God. <laughs> so it's it's really a good, good moment right now. So I'm going to take a little more musical break and then come back to you. But I want to look, listen, um, look for a song um, to share with you. Um, you know, what's happening right now, you know, Jesus prayed for us, right? Jesus prayed, show us how to pray. The, the one that we say is the Lord prayer is really for me is the model prayer, right? And Jesus said, thy will be done. Part, one, part of the prayer is that thy will be done on earth as it is done on heaven, right? And so... Here's right now, actually, Jesus actually meant that. It wasn't just <laughs> an idea. It was really something Jesus actually said, God's will, we ought to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. God is in control. He's really in control, right? We have to remember that. Um, one of the stories that came to my mind today was the story of Elisha and his servant um, when they were surrounded by a physical army of not the not in the natural and Elisha the servant saw one thing the eyes of the servant were focused on the natural things on earth and then Elisha was able to see from a perspective of God so I think um I think to be honest with you with me my eyes I'm seeing like the servant right now right and what I'm trying to do as the Bible says, I think it's a daily thing we have to do is to conform our mind to the way of God. And that it just paraphrase, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's a daily thing. We have to tell ourselves this. We have to teach ourselves to remind ourselves to go and, and take back our, go back to our men constitution which is the bible um for the christian and and remember that there is heaven right now and and i think this week i was thinking the world may look crazy our lives may be uncertain things may be uncertain it's true i'm not saying the christian is exempt from that because the bible says pray for your city because if the city is in peace you will have peace as well right so we because we are in it in the world and not of the world we will we will feel the shake of the events of this world but nevertheless we are citizens of heaven and we are to remind ourselves that listen we are governed regardless of what happened the christian the believer 
the one who has taken Jesus as their refuge, has a different story to say, has a different, um, diff- I, what I love about Jesus is that, listen, <laughs> I'm leaving my peace with you. This is what I'm going to tell you. In this world, there will be many, you will have many trouble, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. Take heart, okay? And so I think we have to remind ourselves, and David did that a lot. David say, oh, my soul, why are you so cast down? Stop it. I'll praise the Lord again. You can't be doing that, right? So that was David. So I think Elijah, in the moment where, if I'm going to be honest with you, that that I am seeing like the servant as opposed to seeing like Elijah. This show, basically, I think it's for me, you guys. <laughs> this show is to remind me to think, to see like Elijah, seeing like Elijah as opposed to seeing like the servant. Okay, so that's that's that. So I'm going to take the background is that they they something had happened and they came after Elisha. And now the king had put together. Let me see which one. Not. Okay, I want to say this verse. Actually, uh, this verse, my grandmother, who was not a Christian, used to tell it to me all the time. Before we go to bed, she would want if when we visit her, she would want us to 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 say this verse before we go to bed. And so I remember it, like even now by memory, right? But I remember it in French because that's what I, that's what it was taught to how it was taught to me, right? Okay, so I think Second King six, and it's gonna be verse nineteenth, but no, verse sixteenth. But it's really, um, I think I gotta go back um, sixteen. There was Second King six. Verse 16, but I think I have to get it to the 15th. Okay. So when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariot had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So, and Elisha prayed, even open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariot of fire all around Elisha. So what happened here is that God's army was greater than any other army, and Elisha was able to see that. So God is not in a panic. <laughs> hey, Madeline, Madeline, you know what that, that reminds me of? That reminds me of in any situation, and, and even now, in terms of what we're going through, you know, we, when we walk, um, we don't walk alone. You know, we, we walk with the Lord. I had this image um, the other day. I don't remember where I was walking, but I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to feel anxious. I'm not here by myself because of that the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost with me. You can't see him, but he's there. Mm. You know, so I think I think um, we just really need to call to remembrance of these things like the story of Elijah, um, where we, we, what we see or what we don't see doesn't really tell us the story. Um, you know, we are God. God is with us. It's more than just us walking down this road for believers, right? So we just have to trust, trust Him, and trust God, right? And I and I think too, Michelle. I think 
we, I think sometime we just say, yeah, yeah, God is with us, right? But we have to mm-hmm. really believe this is it. This is it for the Christian. Mm-hmm. God is really with us. And and we, you know, I love how the Bible says, Elisha, I mean, not Elisha, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder <laughs> and architect was, was God, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I've never, I was actually thinking yesterday, Lord, (laughs) I've never met you physically. I've never seen heaven, but it is the promised place that you promised me. And I pray that I run a good race that when it all said and done, that's where I end up. And I just want to make sure that me as a Christian, so I, I told you this show is for me, right? It's preaching to me, me as a Christian, be aware of the natural but not be controlled by the natural to not let my emotion be controlled by the natural. Um, I, to say that I don't feel the panic, I don't feel the emotion would be a lie. That is why we have the Bible that says be anxious for nothing. This because Jesus foreseen God foresee that his people while living in this place would have those feelings will feel this, but we can't stay there because they are not of God. And I love, I love, um, David, David for me, what I love most about the, the Bible, Mary, I love everything about the Bible. I say, though the Bible condemn me, it's still the truth, right? Because (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's the truth though it condemned me. Um, I think it's a matter of when it punched my flesh, right? I'm like, but I submit to God's way and I'm like, okay, I agree with God. My flesh don't agree, but I agree with God. Right. But I, what I love more about it is that I'm a realist. I don't like someone trying to sell me something that's not, mm. I would rather face the hard truth than to face something that's not true. And then at the end I find out that it's, it wasn't true. Right. So I, what I love more about the Bible is the fact that, God told, tells us everything. <laughs> he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He tells us there will be trouble. Following him means taking a cross. But he is with us, right? So that means that whatever pain there is, if we come and taste, that taste will last forever, even when we face these hard times. So I love David when he said, though I walk in the shadow of the valley of death, is it in the valley In the shadow mm-hmm. of the valley of death, that means everything that he's seeing around him is an image of death. It's an image of what's not alive. What's not going right. Right. I'm futuristic. I love to know there's a future, right? And I'm evidence driven. I want to see it. A lot of people give Thomas a hard time. Me, I, I, I can sympathize with Thomas because I can relate. I want to see it. I mean, I have to learn. I'm learning to not to believe without seeing, but evidence is a big core of me. I believe God wired me this way and I have to find my balance, but I have to see, right? I need to see that there's an opportunity for me to move in that direction. You know, I plan and so I can see, but sometimes when you can not see how the future is going to be, you can say, oh my goodness, is there a future? But the Lord says, I know the plan that I have for you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I have a plan, thoughts to give you a future and a hope, right? So, and not evil. So that's the promise to God's kids. And this is how you are God's kids. 
if you you guys are letting me speak <laughs> you guys caught me caught me caught me any time yeah you know <laughs> you me, have guys. the floor right now so you can we're cut me you guys you. Okay. cut me Interject. okay okay uh, yeah okay i'm <laughs> I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm also listening and saying, okay, God, what, how, how do I even, how do I input and interject here? Two things that come up. First thing is Peter walking on water. God invited um, Peter to walk on the water. And as long as Peter's eyes was on God, on, on Jesus, he walked on water. The minute he, he began to sink when he noticed, oh, wait a minute. There's waves, there's winds, there's chaos, there's everything around me, but I'm still walking on this water. Um, I think what's happening right now is that the volume of chaos became louder. Mm -hmm. the, um, the, volume, the volume of confusion became louder. And it forces us even more to focus on Jesus. And yes, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is the one. He, we're merely ambassadors, pilgrims in this land. This is not our final destination. We're in the world, but not of the world. And I know these sound like a bunch of cliches, but if we really break that down, what does that mean? We're in the world and not of the world. Um, we're here to be ambassadors. When a natural ambassador to a country um, represents a country, they go into another country representing where they came from. Um, we, if we are ambassadors right now, we are representing heaven. We are representing all the characteristics of heaven. And even though we're in that other land, we're in that other land, we are ambassadors. And, and I want to say this, you mentioned something, Mary, you said, you know, this may sound like a cliche. Can I just say, praise God, if it sounds like a cliche for you? Yeah. Because cliches are cliches because they are true things that's Correct. been repeated over and over. Correct. And if it sounds like a cliche, it's because you have studied your word, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> of you've been around your word so much that you heard it over and over. But here's the beautiful things about God's word. His words will not return to him void. And, and the other thing is, you know, the Bible says, he... They that believe in me, out of their bellies shall come rivers of flowing water, right? So this word is a living word. It doesn't stop being true. It's, you know, you get, what I love about it is the inspiring of the Holy Spirit, right? When you read the word, you never saw it this way before. Yeah. So this word, even though you've heard it before, I say praise God for the cliche sound of it, yeah. effect of it. It is. Because it's yeah. because you've heard it, you've indwelled yourself. I want this to be my second language. One of the things is in studying for the bar exam, when I was studying for it, I have to be I had to be so familiar with the laws of New York State, right? For me to be able to just spit out <laughs> whatever <laughs> I found, surprise they gave me in that exam. And it's I had to just even though when I was reading the laws and I felt like while doing the study, I felt like oh, I got it, but I had to keep reading it so it can become something that I know so familiar. I can repeat it. So yeah, if the word of God is, if that statement sound like I've heard it before, but remember cliches are cliche because they are true things that's been repeated 
over and over and now you become so familiar with it. What I would say is just eat it again. Eat it again. Take that vitamin again and take strength in it again. And yes. Yeah, and I, I, I would I would agree with that. I just want to say go back to something Mary you said. You said that during this time, you know, that we are more um I'm paraphrasing, but basically that we are more into, you know, the word and, and the relationship with the Lord. I will say that there are this is something that we want to do and should be doing, but there are people who are distracted by what's going on. There are believers, you know, certainly non believers, but believers who are distracted yes, by the chaotic environment. Yeah, the chaotic environment. And where where at times, you know, we think we should be going in deeper, right? They're backing away mm-hmm. from the word and from the Lord. So mm-hmm. I think um for for people that it's affecting like this, because we we are flesh, we we live in the world. But for people who are being affected where they're pulling away from the Lord, I just say now is the time to go even deeper and when we do feel that full because there's been times during what's happening where I've been like distracted. You know, I felt myself getting distracted and, you know, just the the busyness of different things happening and then all this stuff one thing on top of the other and have to take a step back and say, But wait a minute, who do I trust? I'm not trusting what's happening here and all this stuff that's swirling around. I'm trusting in the Lord because in the Lord because He is still on the throne. So I think we have to get back. Like we have to go back to that and go deeper. And Marvin, you just use the word and it takes me now. You can revisit or so it's almost say? like you said. You said something about almost like revisit or yes, or go yeah. back. You know, we were talking about cliches. Yeah, just, yeah. just go back to that. I think we have to go back to those things and remember what God has done for us in the past and. And, and look forward to the victory because we don't, we're just living here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as the ambassadors, we're just living here. So we've got to, you know, we're here to be that light and not, not let everything distract us from us with it. And Michelle is so true It that the distractions have gotten so much bigger. And I think it's even become oppressive at one point that all this is all we're hearing. Um, but yeah. what's wonderful is that when we do go back to the word, the word is truth. The word is truth. It's not the truth or my truth or someone else's right. truth. It is truth. And it forces us to go back to foundation. What were we doing before all of this was happening? What, right. how, what, what gave us stability? What gave us that sense of peace and calm? And that's the word of God. And I think that's what, um, when you go back to Peter and Peter, when Peter looked up, at Jesus, he was able to walk. He was able to walk on water to do that impossible mm-hmm. thing. And and I think I'm I don't sorry. know if was going to say anything, but I, no pressure, girl. <laughs> I, I understand, but go ahead, speak so I can make sure it's it's, it's so. Yeah. So, yeah, so we like working, trying to find a better sounding system for loudest here. But what I, I, I want to make sure we understand is that sometimes we have to be aggressive with our mind, right? With our aggressive, with our mindset, aggressive with our, our, our ourselves, it's aggressive with ourselves and just speak to ourselves. 
I love when David says, um, listen, just, just pray. Like, listen, my soul, what, what's happening with you? We have to tell ourselves, and I think we have to face the anxiety, right? Face the anxiety and, and make sure that, that we tell ourselves, sometimes we get used to speaking to other people, but not to ourselves. Okay, so my, 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 my sister was talking to one of my family members about me, and she said, you know, lawyers are crazy. <laughs> they talk to Pretty themselves. Much. They talk to themselves sometimes. You see them in the taxi, but well, I think a taxi driver was telling them that. They were like in the car with taxi drivers, and they're talking to themselves. They're not talking to themselves because they're on their way to court or whatever. Mm -hmm. They are rehearsing what they have, going over whatever they have to say. And so it, it's, it, it's a matter of just talking to yourself to make sure that you're reminding yourself, listen, so I don't like what's happening to you right now. I'm going to praise God again. Right? I love when David did that, right? It reminded us to do that ourselves, not to, you know, get caught up on the, you know, wherever we are in our emotions or, you know, what we are trying to make reality. Um, and that actually reminds me of um, all the cliches that we, we spoken about that come off as cliches, right? But we hear them over and over again. When God says, be still and know that I am God, right? right? Lean not on your own understanding, right? Do not be anxious for anything. Don't worry about tomorrow, so all these instructions, he's not asking us to trust anything of us, of, of, you know, that we can generate or create for ourselves to make ourselves believe. He's asking us to believe and trust his character. He's giving us enough evidence to know that he's got this. He's got this season in your life. He's got whatever situation is going on. He's in full control. And I think that our job really is to guard our ear gate and, um, and um, eye gate. Because, and, you know, I kind of think of uh, in finance, you have to do a lot of reconciliation. And whatever you're, whatever you're experiencing, you're seeing, or you let in, that has to be reconciled against what God said before you fully take it in. It has to be verified validated and then and, you know approved by the word of god to take it in as truth because it is it can be deceiving what we see on the you know on the outside and if we just take in whatever you know whatever people are saying whatever we are seeing um we are going to be very discouraged because we're not actually leaning uh on god's character we are leaning on our own understanding and, and you know what i love that aloud it's one thing i i would say though i for me I think we have, like the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing new, which means whatever is happening right now may have happened a different way. But does the, the content of it, the context of it happened before. I think as Americans, I, I know some of you are listening far away, not only in America, but I'm going to speak as an American. As American, we are pretty spoiled, at least, yes. and also for my generation, we are pretty spoiled. Yes. We want easy things and things come mm -hmm. easy for us. Um, and we don't like disturbance and convenience that much because the moment we get inconvenienced, like, Oh my goodness, God, why have you forsaken me? I know that happened to me every time I lost my keys or I lost my, 
It's a conspiracy against you. I lost my key. Someone, I is, someone is trying to plot against me. I can't find the phone. I can't find my phone for like one moment or two hours or yeah. something. I lost it. Oh my goodness, I'm in a panic. But here's the thing. We have, at the Christians, have to get back to that strong mind again and understand that pain comes. We don't like it. I am a big hatred of pain <laughs> hater of pain okay a big hater of pain but it comes and we have to realize we are not we are in our forefathers spiritual forefathers who is really the main thing for us went through t- tremendous hardship no one had a hard time we have to get back to how do i deal with with hard moments hard situation and still keep my peace as opposed to, oh, God, I can't take this. Here's the thing. I see David. I, I imagine David with sword in his hand with a bunch of people trying to kill him in Psalm 23. And he's saying, there's shadow of death. But he's going as the warrior that he is, warrior that he is. That I shot, And he's swinging his sword around. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, it looks bad. It's a horrible situation, but I'm not afraid because God is with me. Is that facing the bad, the pain, the darkness, the thing that causes anxiety and walk through it and say, I shall not be afraid. That's how I imagine it, David. He wasn't sitting around caving somewhere else. I imagine him in action. Feeling the anxiousness, feeling the fear, but he's saying, no, I will not fear it because God is with me. Sometimes we have to do that. Um, the, what you've been um, referencing a certain verse, and I pulled it up, it's um, Psalms 42, 5, where it says, why, um, why, and this is New Living Translation, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. And when I read that, and it's just everything that you're saying, Madeline, is just, why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? Why am I letting everything on the outside put me in that place? And that's the same thing with David. David is worshiping. David has the sword. David, you know, there, there was victories and there was defeats, but even in the midst of all that, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my God and my savior. And that's what he's trying to bring us to, even in the midst of everything that's going on is it's been layers and layers and layers and day by day it's changing. And God is saying, why am I discouraged? Why am I? David had every right to sit in the middle of the chaos and cry. He had every right and retreat and retreat and to isolate and to not say not to, but he keeps on saying, I put my hope in God. Mary, I I like that point. You said he had every right in the natural. Yeah. To do that. But here's what I thought this morning. The Christian doesn't have a right to not be a soldier. Mm. You know, the soldier Again, what I'm saying is that being a soldier does not mean I don't feel. I don't fear. I don't feel the anxiety. I don't feel this. That's not what it means. The soldier cannot stop in the middle of war and say, okay, 
I'm going to stop. The soldier sees the pain and continue with one force and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep fighting. And you mentioned something about this about um, guarding your ear gate and eye gate, right? Um, I, I, it brings me back to, to Dave, not David, Joshua, Moses, when they went to spy on the Caleb, when they went to spy on the lamb, the land. Uh, and so they came, some came back with bad news and some came with good news. I think it's what, what perspective are you looking at? Right. Mm. You know? And they already had a benchmark, right? The Lord sent them for a reason, right? To get that report back. And the people uh, waiting for that report, they had a choice. They, you know, they had two that sort through the eye, through what God has said, that which the reconciliation process for me is that, right? What matches what God has said? They came back with that report. But yet, you know, the natural, if you're fearful, for the other report, the negative report, they decided to, you know, I guess that that's where they leaned and they went with that. And of course, it cost them all those years in the, uh, the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of something you just said, it, it's reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It's almost you're matching one with the other there um, with the Israelites. God had a track record with them. God had a track record. God brought them through the Red Sea. God provided manna, provided quail, did all those things. And yet, even when they saw the promised land and they saw the challenges, they didn't reconcile. They didn't put, they didn't match Matches, what, yeah, they yeah. didn't match it. And it, that cost us 40 years. And even now, as we're going through this, you're like, okay, take a moment. And as you're saying, I'm, I am discouraged. What has God's track record been for you? What has he done for you in the midst of worse circumstances? And I, I'll add to what Mary said. Michelle, whenever you feel it, come in. Because <laughs> uh, I can't see you, right? But whatever, I, he, I'll add to what Mary says, right? Your experience. I remember, I'm reminded of a psalmist. Um, I can't remember his name right now. But he was saying this, oh, God. I can't feel you. I don't have any experience with you, but I remember what you've done for others. You know, how you brought the people from the Red Sea and everything. So sometimes you have to look at other people's experience because sometimes I can tell you the truth. Mary, I may be the worst (laughs) child of God sometimes. uh, I may be the worst in the sense that he has been so good to me. It's true when I... Think clearly. He's been so good. He's been faithful. He's brought me from childhood to now. But because I'm a perfectionist, bad, that bad side of the perfectionist, right? It sometimes makes me not appreciate the big picture, Mm. the big thing that he has done. Overall, it's been good. Sometimes, Mary, you may not be able to pull from your experience, Mm. but pull from the experience. Mm You may say pull from the experience of others, right? <laughs> but um, what I was thinking about, and this reminds me of, of, you know, faith. Where is our faith? I think some of this boils down to where do you put your faith and your trust? Is it in the Lord? I mean, in Hebrews 11, um, it says, and, and I, I love this section because this particular scripture passages because it talks about everything that God did in the lives of um, the people of the Bible that we know about, like Abraham and Sarah and, and Noah. It's like God mm-hmm. saying that faith is the substance of things yeah, hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So by the elders of the kingdom of the court, through faith we understand 
that the world was framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it starts out with by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You know, it goes on by faith, Enoch was, was translated that he should not be death and was not found because God translated him, took him up. And by faith, um, you know, it is impossible to please God. So he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And it just goes on. It talks about Noah and Abraham and, and um, Sarah. And it just talks about all these people that by faith, how God works in your life. I love that, Michelle. And I love that it's putting the confidence in God's identity. Mm-hmm. I heard someone said, I think it was 2010, it was a pastor that, at a church I was going in Nashville. He said this, um, put your trust in God's identity, not in his activities. Mm, that's good. Right? So I, I love yeah. that. This is not to say God is not, ignore, do not ask God for things or for safety mm-hmm. or for what he will do, but put your trust in his identity, who he is. You know, and I love, I love, um, I think it's in Habakkuk, maybe, maybe somewhere else, but it is in the Bible, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to start. That's a very good place to start. Good. I love the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. You know, the fig trees do not blossom, and I may be paraphrased, do not give fruit. The, the olive yeah. tree do not, do not produce the fruit they shall, they should. Yet, I will trust in my God, I will praise him. You know, it's not putting your trust in God's activity because sometimes it's not because the activities that God performed was not great. It's because ourselves sometimes, the natural men sometimes forget the things that God has done and do not value them again anymore, any longer. Because some, I know for me, because I'm an adventure junkie, I like, what's next? I'm a goal. I'm like, once the goal is accomplished, I'm done. Right? I was like, I remember I was graduating law school. It took me, I prayed for the Lord all my life, like most of my life, make me this person. And he carried me. And I remember I was doing my, like the preparation for the walk. And I sat there. I'm like, oh, okay. Mind you, while I was going through it, it was a challenge. And the moment, the day before that, for me to receive my, my diploma, it was over. I'm like, oh, okay, what's next? <laughs> right? <laughs> so God activity, not because of the activities are not really evident, but because our natural self sometimes forget the greatness of what he's done. Mm. And, and so put your trust in God's identity, not in his ac- activities. Know his activities. But remember, because we may measure activities differently, mm-hmm. we may think just because God did not answer things a certain way, God did not act, but He did. Right. You know. So you know that reminds me of that reminds me of the story of Joseph, right? And Joseph and and his brothers, and he went through all of these different hardships, but he still trusted God throughout. And in Genesis, um, I think it's fifty. We find it twenty. You know, in speaking to his brothers, after he saved many people, he said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people could be kept alive as they are today. So, you know, sometimes we're going through things where things are swirling around us, and we're like, why is this God? But, when he, you know, Joseph, he still trusted God to you all. And at oh, the yes. end of the day, it, it kind of goes back to Romans, you know, 8.28, right? We know that God 
um, for those who love the Lord, he worked everything out. Everything out. Right, I won't come out. He worked everything out. According <laughs> to his day. purpose, right? According to his yes. purpose. God <laughs> his has purpose. a purpose. God has a purpose for all who have said, Jesus, you are my refuge. And I'm talking, I want to make sure we understand Christianity according to the Bible. Christianity according to the Bible. Those who have said, I have taken you, Jesus, as my refuge. God has a purpose. And all those who would be Christians, God has a purpose Mm -hmm. for you. Amen. And how do you become one? I mean, I've become a Christian several times. (laughs) (laughs) week after week after week before the altar several times and it's because part of it is because i'm an evidence i want to make sure it happened yeah. so i did that but when i really felt committed like felt the lord is was just in my living room and you know what? And it was more decision that, you know, I choose you over that. So it's just saying, Jesus, here, my, I believe this is who you are. Amen. You are the only one that can give me hope. And I want to say this. I know there's been a different gospel going on. And I hope this new season brings a different Christianity, the real Christianity to life. Yeah. Right. You know, there's the Lord Jesus Christ did not get on the cross for my beautiful house. For my beautiful career. Here's the thing. Everybody in this room knows me. I believe that God gives us talents and opportunities. And we are to make it flourish in this world. And we are to make sure we, we go. At least for me, I go for success. And I believe the parable of the five talent, that talent support that. But the Lord did not come to give me a beautiful house. Yeah. The Lord did not come. Because I had trouble finding a beautiful house or had trouble finding a beautiful career, a great career. What was I I in danger for was sin. Mm -hmm. I was in sin. That's what Jesus came for. He came because humanity without God is doomed. Humanity without Jesus Christ. That's it. I said it. Jesus Christ is doomed. Humanity, whether you accept it or not, I hope you accept it. That is the truth. Humanity without Jesus Christ is doomed. And there is only one way to God. There is a narrow gate. There is one. And that narrow gate is rich. But it is through Christ you find salvation. So I want to say this. That we, I forget why I got here. But (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good road to be on. This is a good road to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Can I help you a little bit? Because I just, um, yeah. Uh, Listen, everyone who's listening right now, especially it's here in America. I I just, this is such a perfect opportunity for you to know the true, the true peace, the true love that comes from Jesus Christ. And, you know, one of the reasons why we kept on going back to the altar, because is we wanted to know, we wanted to have evidence that God has truly done a change in our lives. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the crazy, even the uncertainty, we have an opportunity to find what the real truth is that does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we want, what we're saying is just all to tell you, listen, there is peace in the mist. There is joy. There is love. And it comes from Jesus. 
It comes from Jesus Christ. I think Ella, you were going to say something. No, the um, I'm thinking of obviously we're saying you know put it all on the character of God. You know, not like you say his activity is such a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in reading just David, he, he surely knew the character of God, and he, he knew how to appeal to the character of God. Um, in uh, some. Psalm 5. Yeah, Psalm 5. Uh, I'm going to start with 3. He, um, well, 2. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy <laughs> strong language, right? He doesn't mince words. I mean, thank God for Jesus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> thank God for Jesus. Um, but he knew, like he's appeal. He's saying, no, you do not lo- love wickedness. Yeah. So what's he going doesn't. on? What's God going on? God doesn't tolerate. Like mm-hmm. I know, we keep saying, you know, we have this soft love, love, language, love. love, love. What is love? May I challenge us, all of us? to be on a journey to understand what is love, right? And so I want to say this. We have Noah from Busha. Uh, let me see. Uganda. I think it is. Uh. <laughs> Busha, Uganda, listening. Hi, Noah. Um, I just wanted to say hello. And we have other people as well listening. Just want to say hi. But listen, um, what is love? We, we sit, listen, there's no, the church of Christ is alive. The Bible says, Jesus said, in this rock, I will build my church. And it wasn't Peter. It's, it's the truth that Peter revealed. You know, like, like who did he say I am, right? Jesus, right? Peter was able to say, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. I, I'm paraphrasing. It is on that truth. It wasn't on Peter that he was going to build the church. On that truth. And the gate of hell shall not per, um prevail against it right so the church of christ is there however i am seeing a a a a mismanagement of the church if i may say it like that yes so i think we need to get back to understanding it's not focused we have to rightly divide the word of truth the word of god rightly divide it it is, in fact, God is love, and he gave us the mercy. It is, in fact, that he doesn't play around with his word. He says what he means, and he means what he says. Just because he tolerates, he says it. My patient is not because I'm not seeing it. It's because I, I want everybody, I want to give people an opportunity to just come in. It's not because he's tolerating. I think leaders in the church, Christians, and it's not only pastors, believers, live like Christians. Let yeah. us live again. And me too. Let me live like Christians, like a Christian. You know, True. let us live like Christians and, and not be so caught up in culture and just be Christians. Be weird. We are peculiar <laughs> people. people. Go yes. and study to see what this peculiar person is that God called us to be. And I love this song, you guys, by Cece Winans. Mm. Go for it. It says, oh, my soul, you have not been left yeah. alone. For he counted us worthy, so let's be worthy. Just trust and know he's strong enough to carry on. He's strong enough to carry on. He counted us worthy, so let's be worthy. There's more. There's more in there, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle, uh, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Lord came that we might have life, right? So, 
um, and life abundantly. And he's not just speaking of life here. <laughs> this to me is, is a, a, I'm not sure, but um, this is a, a we're, we're, visit, we're visiting here. Um, there is an eternal um, place that the Lord has prepared for us. So, you know, where, where do we put our trust? Where do we put our, our, um, our heart, you know, and the, the Lord said, you know, we should not be, and I think this is uh, like Matthew 6, 19, lay not up yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust corrupt them and the thieves break in, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust that corrupt and where thieves cannot break in. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the Lord wants for your treasure, your heart, to be with him so that he can be with you in, in victory. When everything here is done, there's still a place that we are going, and the Lord has prepared a place for us. So, Marlene, you said, you said it when you said that the Lord has been tolerant of many things because he's waiting. He wants more people to come in. He wants more people to be with him. He wants more people to be in relationship with him Amen. so that they, they will not perish. So, now's the time. Now is the time. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Amen. Amen. I love that. Um, so you guys got to do our final thoughts. <laughs> um, how can I read um, Psalms 40, starting with verse 1? I wait patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of, the pit of despair, out of the mud mm-hmm. and out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. God, that we would take this time to wait patiently for him and let him give us our new song and give us a hymn of praise. Amen. Um, in just, just reviewing like uh, our topic today, came across um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, right in Daniel four, and I just want to read this piece when he went over and pretty much declared himself his own glory. You know, he went and boasted about himself as the king, and then of course God um, went on to show him right that it, uh, stripped him of his glory, basically had a meeting you know, with animals. And when he, he came to his senses, this is what he acknowledged. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the most high God, the most high and praised and honor him who lives forever for his king. His dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endured for generation to generation. And so the acknowledgement, even in, in being so evil and, you know, being so boastful in his own, he himself was brought to nothing. Mm. And But the fa- what I love about this is the fact that he acknowledged that he turned from his evil ways and, you know, acknowledged God as, as the God that he is, the powerful, the almighty. It wasn't in vain what he went through. Um, that, I think, you know, teaches all of us, really, um, to, not, you know, those who don't know Jesus and, you know, you think, oh, my goodness, I've done so uh, horrible in my life. He will never, you know, want any anyone like me. Never can I. So I guarantee you, he's done <laughs> way worse than you. So it doesn't matter. He's waiting for you. He's waiting to sanctify you. To you know, to give you his Holy Spirit if you accept it. 
and you accept my savior and welcome into his kingdom. And I, and I, I love how you said, he said, my wisdom came back to me. Mm-hmm. There's living wisdom. Michelle, your final thoughts. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I'll just boil it down for this. Um, if someone's there and they think, you know, you think you're like a lost case, that the Lord would never accept you. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Amen. And in Matthew Amen. 19, 26, uh, Jesus said, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, oh, all things are possible. possible. Amen. Amen. I love that. And my final thoughts of scriptures too. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love Second Timothy one seven. It says, "For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of and in love and of self control." And I love also Philippian. Um, is it Philippian? It's it's yeah. It is Philippian four six and seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything mm-hmm. by yeah. prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let's. Let us request, let, our, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpass all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? So that is what I want to leave you with. And also, I think Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in men's heart weighs him down. Mm. But a good word makes him glad so go and find that good word and it is god's word mm-hmm. okay we love yeah. you love <laughs> you guys it's an honor to you. michelle and loudest mary it's always great to be here yeah. and and and, and yeah. talk to you and and sh- talk about jesus my favorite person and on earth my hope yeah. on earth and is and in heaven with you guys. Hey, so. he's our Jesus too. We can share. God bless you guys. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them they come from the very heart of God. He loves you, and He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. 
and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child?